I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Oh, welcome in. Episode 50 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler Remchuk and Cam Lewis with you to recap a disappointing series against the Bronx Bombers, Coomzy. That uh, that sucked. Yeah, tell me about it. That was the Thursday was the first loss I've witnessed live by the Blue Jays this season. They were 5-0 and with me in the building. And I really thought, okay, I'll go on Thursday and they'll win because I'm there. Because I, for some reason, have a direct... Um, what am I even trying to say? I have a, uh, I have direct, have a direct impact the on the game. Yeah. Yeah. I have a direct impact on the game because I have main character syndrome, but unfortunately I don't have any control over these outcomes, but these outcomes have a lot of control over my mood. And now I'm in a bad mood today. I'm pissed. That was, uh, that was unfortunate. It really felt like it was right there for them. They were, you know, when Vladdy hit that double that we all thought was oh, gone and it missed by a half a centimeter, a millimeter, well, like a molecule. It felt like it was going to happen. They were going to pull it off. But then all hell broke loose and the life was just sucked out of the stadium. All of our hearts were ripped out and it was devastating. It was tough, but fortunately, we're still technically alive thanks to the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. We're not dead yet. We're not dead yet. We're not dead yet. We'll, we'll, we'll try and remain somewhat optimistic. Yeah, and it's hard too because you sit there and you, you you try to remain optimistic and you go, man, the Orioles saved them. Like they're not dead yet. Like we're still in it. There is still a path for the Blue Jays to make the postseason this year. But then you also go, man, the Orioles did all that and the Jays couldn't do their job. And it almost makes it sting like a little bit more that you drop two out of the three and you're still alive. And it's like, fuck, if they would have just found a way to win last night, that Vladdy home run that didn't go over the double, that could have been a home run. Like you are in no way kidding when you say it missed by an inch. Like even it was right there. I mean, I didn't take physics in high school, so maybe I'm the wrong guy to be speaking about this, but how that ball can go the angle it did hit the fence and not like hit the fence and go over is crazy. Like it literally popped straight back up almost and right to Brett Gardner. It was, oh man. And there's nothing more disheartening than watching the Yankees just hit home runs. Like they scored mm-hmm. six runs on six hits. That's ridiculous. All they did was hit dingers. And it's just like, man, that's what sinks the Jays. Hey, they, I mean, weren't great with runners in scoring position. They left a few guys on base. Um, they ended up going one for 10 actually with runners in scoring position in this one. So they had chances to create offense as well. 
they just couldn't get the big hit. And when they did get a big hit, it didn't find a way to go over the fence either, which is, it was just a really, really, I, again, the word that keeps coming to mind is disheartening because you're watching it. You're so excited for a big game. Then it's just bang, home run, bang, home run. And the Jays create all this excitement with their bats and they're creating offense. They're getting hits. They ended up with 10 of them on the game. They were getting runners on base, like, and then nothing to show for it. It's just, ah, super, super hard to watch. Yeah, I'm going to have the, I was, so I was in the 500s and then the Lions for getting uh, beverages were a little bit too long in the 500s. So we went down all the way down to the 100s and just found a, um, just one of those uh, just spots in the outfield where you can stand. Mm-hmm. And it was the perfect view of Vladdy's hit almost going out and everyone thought it was gone. Everyone like right off the bat, everyone standing up and cheering. And then we all just sort of see it just come down a little bit faster than you expected and hits the top of the wall. Everyone's still like most people are still cheering because they thought it was a home run, but then it bounces back in. Everyone's kind of like, what the fuck is happening? It was, it was, it was so confusing because honestly off the bat, it felt like that was going to hit the flight deck from where I was standing at least. (laughs) And then it just, it it was like a magnet directed. It was so weird. (laughs) Speaking gonna of balls, my it's going to haunt my friends. Yeah. Speaking of balls to the flight deck. Wow. Did Aaron judge yeah. completely oh, murder? Shit. Well, the first one he murdered the second one, maybe not quite on that level, but he hit the piss out of that one as well. Oh, that first home run. Like, okay. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was like, I thought that was going to put a hole through the jumbo trot or something. Like I thought that was going to kill somebody in the flight deck. That was insane. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, let's get into three up, three down presented by twigandberries.ca where you can use the promo code nation 15 and save 15% off your order. They ship anywhere in Canada. Uh, we're going to start with the downs because this was a downer of a series and we'll go back to game one where Hunjin Ryu three earned couldn't get out of the fifth inning though. Only struck out three. He, he was pretty bleh. You know, they they still had a chance to win at that point, obviously. And then there was the home run that Richards gave up, which appeared to just be an impossible home run off the bat of Giancarlo Stanton. One of those hit one of those moments where you just kind of tip your cap to Stanton and go like, man, I have no clue how you hit that as far as you did, especially the spot Richards hit too. Um, he just crushed that baseball, but still you didn't really get an electric performance from anyone, a, a series saving performance from either Ryu or really anyone out of the bullpen. No, this was a disappointing one because, you know, Ryu had those two terrible starts against uh, Baltimore and Minnesota. And then he wound up on the injured list with what was probably not an injury. This was ultimately one of those situations where they're just finding a way to give him a bunch of extra rest and get somebody else in the roster. And I remember looking back to um, there was a, a, a kind of similar situation when he was pitching for the Dodgers in 2019, right before he signed with the Jays. He had a handful of bad starts in September. They gave him a little 10 day time off and then he came back and pitched super well. So it was like, OK, you know, we know with Ryu, he's uh, he doesn't have the best durability. So give him some time off. He'll come back and be great because, you know, his last outing against New York in Yankee Stadium, it was six innings. They hardly touched him. It was three hits, six strikeouts, no walks. And I think we're hoping for something similar to that, even if it was just five innings or like four perfect innings or something like that. But it just was not really the start they needed because also on the flip side of that, and we'll get to this in one of the later points, the bats were absolutely completely limp in this game, which was frustrating because, I mean, Jamison Tyon is, again, somebody who's not that great. 
And he also left the game early with an injury. But I mean, yeah. that's something to get in later. But this wasn't at all the start we were hoping for from Ryu. And I think it was, this was pretty much the start. We were nervous we were going to see when it was said that he was kicking off mm-hmm. the series. Uh, we'll keep moving along here on three up, three down, and we'll stick with pitching and go back to last night where <laughs> I shouldn't even say this story because people are going to make you fucking jinxed him. But I'm sitting there last night watching the game with a few buddies and Robbie Ray just rolls through the New York Yankees. Uh-huh. I mean, he gave up that home run to judge and then it was pretty much three up, three down for two, three, four and five. I'm sitting there and I go, well, boys, I think Robbie Ray just won the Cy Young unless he gets absolutely lit up in the next inning. And what happened in the next inning, Cam? Oh, yeah. So he got the he goes in to face the Yankees for the third time through DJ LeMay, who grounds out. It's like, OK, yeah. this, is, this is pretty good. Um, you know, you got the difficult part. And then Anthony Rizzo puts together this great at bat. It hits, it hits a home run that wasn't, you know, it wasn't that hard hit. It just kind of went out. It wasn't one of those bombs. And Aaron Judge comes up, loves the ball. Yeah, like a, Judge was just killing them. Rizzo's home run, like it was a moonshot in the sense that like it went so high up. Mm-hmm. And it really was whatever you want to say away from being, you know, a, a high fly ball, but it found a way yeah. to get out of the ballpark. Well, that's what I thought it was off the bat. I wasn't really that nervous. I was like, okay, either this is going foul into the seats or uh is going to catch this thing in foul territory or something like 10 feet ahead of the outfield yeah. wall. That was my angle. So that was that. But then the judge one, you knew as soon as he hit it, that was gone. And then, uh, it, and then we get into the thing with, okay, should they pull Robbie Ray at this point? Because after that, it was a walk to Giancarlo Stanton. And then Glaber Torres kind of iced the game with that two-run bomb that made it 5-2. So there was a pretty big contingent of people online that were, I mean, even people in the stadium, I heard people being like, why the fuck is he still pitching? Like, why didn't you go to the bullpen there? They were like, you know, it, it was pretty clear that Ray had kind of lost at that point or the Yankees had figured something out. So, yeah kind of a tough situation it's tough because with your in a way season on the line here you have your ace Cy Young starter I would like to think you could trust him to go through the order three times yeah that's not like if it was the fourth time through if he got lit up in the eighth or the ninth because they were really trying to squeeze everything out of him I would have been like okay you probably should have taken him out and I know the stats say that the uh, OPS against Robbie Ray shoots up from like whatever it's like three or four hundred his second time through to like eight or nine hundred his third time through like I I get what the numbers say but in that moment when he is just steamrolled this lineup for four straight innings how can you justify in a game like that taking out your Cy Young guy because guess what if he would have taken out Robbie Ray and Richards would have came in and gave up the home runs he would have gotten fucking ripped like he was damned if he didn't Montoya that is he was damned if he did damned if he didn't and I just in that situation, it was the furthest thing from my mind going. I wasn't sitting there at all going, you need to get Robbie Ray out of this game now. We need to get to Trevor Richards now. Like, no, he's your Cy Young, soon to be Cy Young winning ace starting pitcher. You give him the third time through. It's just not even a question for me. I don't, the people who are ripping on Montoyo for that just want to rip Montoyo for any reason possible. Yeah, this is, I, I, I think I agree with you. Um, I, I, I do see the argument because the stats do back it up. But again, you have to, you have to look at this as you have to look at it critically. I mean, let's be real here. Like Robbie Ray has been really, really good all year and he is your guy. And the other thing to consider is the Blue Jays bullpen isn't that good. I mean, like it's like, not elite. 
No, it's far from good. It's it's not even close to good. Like nobody feels comfortable when the Jays like at, at no point in 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 the uh, second game of the series did anyone feel comfortable with that early lead. And there's a reason for that because they went and fucking blew it. And you know, like what are you gonna do? Bring in Trevor Richards? You're gonna bring in Adam Simbers? Jordan Romano pitching a six out save? Like his arms hanging by a thread? Tim Mays is gonna come in again? Like let's be real. Do you know if Nate Pearson's gonna be able to handle the pressure and throw a huge inning when you're up by one? Like, come on. Like this isn't some amazing lockdown bullpen like the Yankees have where you can afford to pull um, you can afford to pull Corey Kluber early. Like, I mean, four and two thirds innings, they're like, all right, this guy's had an eh, start. Like we're fine with this. This is good enough. Let's go to the bullpen. Now. No, the Jays don't really have that option, yeah. but you want Robbie Ray to get through six, just like Jose Barrios did yesterday. If you get the exact same start, six innings, three earned runs, then you're fine. There's a pretty good chance you're going to win the game. Your, your bullpen can handle three innings, but you know, one out in expecting the bullpen to do those extra two outs right in the middle of the lineup to face Stanton judge. Like, let's be serious here. Everybody would freak the fuck out. If like you said, Garrett or uh, Trevor Richards comes in and just gets tanked again. Mim Mesa comes in, walks two guys. Everyone's going to freak out. Nate Pearson comes in, walks two guys. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. It's not this cut dry yeah. automatic situation. Oh, pull your Cy Young winner in the sixth fucking inning after he allows one home run. Oh yeah. Obvious choice. No, it's not. It's not that simple. Yeah. I think yeah. you nailed it there. Coombsy. Like the people who are bitching about this, like I said, are just bitching because they're mad and they want to bitch about something. So, um, you know, obviously it wasn't fun watching Robbie Ray get lit up, but I think we can both agree that there, there, there's no, there is no blame to be placed on Montoyo for that decision. Um, the other thing, as we wrap up the three downs in this segment, uh, you know, the bats bailed them out in game two. You maybe would like to see the bats bail them out in one of the other two games as well. And I'm specifically going to go to game three here where again, mm-hmm. they left nine on base. They were one for 10 with runners in scoring position. They left a lot of guys on base. There were chances here. I mean, you can look at the Vladdy hit that just barely didn't go out and, and you know, yeah, sure. That could have been a run. But they had other opportunities here. You look at the starting lineup and they got two hits from Springer. They got a hit from Semi and a hit from Guerrero, two from Bichette, two from Dickerson, two from Santiago Espinal was putting up multi-hit games in this series as well. And they just couldn't drive them in. And it's been something that when this team's cold, that's pretty much the main reason that they are cold is because they don't get clutch hitting, right? They don't find a way to bring those guys in from second and third base. So that was that's a big down for me. Like the the Yankees bats came to hit the home runs. The Jays were chipping away all game. They just didn't have that finishing touch. Yeah, the first game was just very limp. I mean, Jamison Tyone went two and one thirds, came out with an injury, and it kind of looked like, okay, like, you know, Yankees starters out. We'll get to the bullpen really early. This will be very advantageous for the whole series. And that just wasn't the case. The Yankees, you know, have Michael King and Luis Severino and guys like that in their bullpen who can pitch multiple things. They just completely shut the Jays down. Like, after uh, Tyon came out, they put up two hits and one and run on Michael King. And it was nothing after that. And then in the in the third game, like you said, it was right off the hop. Uh, George Springer hits a single and it's a double play ball to kind of kill that. That's frustrating. In the second inning, you know, Bo hits a single, steals, Dickerson drives him in. And there's, you know, Dickerson's at second base with one out. They couldn't, you know, out to bigger rally there, which would have been sweet. And then, you know, there's a whole bunch of situations here. Fourth inning, we have, um, you have runners on again. And then there's the Vladdy thing. He hits his double. Bo walks. Hey, Oscar can't do anything with it. And then there's, you know, Bo Bichette goes and hits his double to lead off the eighth inning. And it looks like, holy shit, like we could have another rally here. But again, Hey, Oscar strikes out. Dickerson strikes out. Kirk 
strikes out ninth inning, Espinal gets it straight off, nothing after that. And there was a million opportunities for the Jays to put up runs, and they just could not come up with a clutch hit. You know, there was Dickerson had a clutch hit there. Like the second inning, Vladdy's hit, I guess, was clutch too, but otherwise really just not capitalizing at all. Yankees did. Yeah. And actually, you know, even though Dickerson did strike out in that eighth inning, I was really impressed with him in that game. Like, obviously, he got his double off the fence. He picked up another hit. But him having that mindset of like, and they were talking about it on the broadcast because it was noticeable. Him having that mindset of like, I'm choking up halfway up the bat and I am just doing everything in my power to put a ball in play here. I I don't mind that lower in your lineup, especially when your table setters are as good as they are. And I mean, Tay Oscar struck out twice in that game yesterday. He didn't have a very good series. He was 0 for 4 in game three. He was 0 for 4 in game two. And what was he in game one? He walked once. And he went 0 for 3. Like, Teoscar had a bad series, and maybe he needed a little bit more of that approach. I get you don't want to, like, eliminate the power bats in your lineup, but the approach from Dickerson is maybe what the Jays just needed a little bit more of. The approach from Espinal had a couple of multi-hit games. Like, I don't know. It was super, super, super frustrating to watch them hit with runners uh, runners on base in this one. And it's... You know, not not the main reason they lost, I guess, because the Yankees home run hitters came and did their job and asking the Jays to put up seven is a tough is, is is a tall order. But would have liked to see a little bit more than two runs in a must win game or in what mm-hmm. was close to a must win game. Um, yeah. Let's get into the ups and be a little bit positive here. A lot of people, myself included, were a little bit uneasy at the price the Jays paid to bring in Jose Barrios at the trade deadline. You brought him in to help you push for a playoff spot. And when the pressure was on, when the spotlight was on Jose Barrios, he came through. He held up his end and he made me sit there and go, that's why you're probably in the, at the end of the day, okay with giving up two high, higher end prospects for a guy like that because he stepped up and he gave them six damn good innings of pitching. Yeah, since um, Brios was really, really, really good in that second game. I mean, they, they kind of got to him a little bit later on in the start, later but on, he yeah. was literally perfect through the first three innings. The first time through the Yankees order, they couldn't touch what he was throwing. It was insane. That was... Just a yeah, it was a fantastic pitching performance. And I mean, with Barrios, his first few outings with the Jays, there was it was quite up and down. I mean, he had that one against the Angels, he was bad, and then he had you know a pretty ugly one against Washington, the three inning one against Chicago in August. But since then, it's just quality start after quality start. I mean, you have seven innings of shutout against Detroit, six and two thirds against Oakland, three earned runs uh, in New York, six and two thirds, two earned runs, seven in Tampa, one earned run, six and two thirds against the twins, six against the twins, three earned runs. And then another, you know, six innings, three run performance against the Yankees. And this guy's literally just like Mr. Quality start. He comes up, comes in every single game. He just puts up a quality start, no matter how it is. Like maybe it's like that twins game where he got hit around a little bit early, but then he just bears down and puts up like four shadowed innings after that, whatever it is, he just seems to find a way to do it. And that's super valuable. I mean, you cannot complain about what the Jays got from Jose Barrios after they acquired him at all. No, not at all. And he gets a big up for his performance in that series. So does Bo Bichette, who was the one bat that consistently brought it in this series. He goes two for four in game one. He goes three for four in game two with a couple of huge home runs. More on that in a second. He goes two for three in the final game, draws a walk as well. But man, that second game, that was uh, mm-hmm. that was one we'll remember for a long time from Bo Bichette. The second home run, him rounding the bases, screaming what we assumed was like the this is our fucking house thing. Um, that was awesome. That was just really like it's I mean, obviously it's not, you know, like Batista bat flip moment. But yeah. when we look back on this season, we will remember that game and that moment from Bobachet. Yeah, it's 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 a shame that the Thursday uh game was a buzzkill because 
boy, that was a high ride after that bow home run. Like this season's featured a lot of really cool moments. I mean, I think about that, you know, Springer home run against um, Boston for that one comeback, you know, Semyon home run against Oakland. That was super cool. Um, Springer, another home run against Baltimore. There's been tons of good moments, but that one from Bo might've been the number one because it really looked like after that happened, that OG is like, they've really got it sorted out here. They're going to carry all the momentum into the next game and they're going to win this thing. That's what it looked like. But as we know, that didn't happen, but still like, I mean, this is a huge up. Bo 7-4-11 in the series, fucking insane. Like that's, this is the kind of performance that gives you the label of being a guy who is clutch. And mm-hmm. as we just said in our, our previous point, there's quite a few players over this series who were not clutch. And Bo was one of the guys who is now in our frame of mind as a clutch guy, which is great. That's what you like to say. So what you want out of your four hole hitter, right? A guy who comes up and consistently delivers for you. And Bichette brought that. Uh, The final up we're going to hit on here is Nate Pearson, who in total in this series pitched three innings and was just dynamite for them. He struck out four in the series finale over his two innings of relief. And then he struck out another two back in the first game. He did walk one, but fuck, I don't care if you walk one guy, if you're striking out six of the other 10 batters you faced, like, um, and even the guy he walked, I think was a bit of a sketchy at bat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pearson was absolutely tremendous. And this is probably a conversation for a different day about, um, about Pearson maybe being a reliever full time, regardless, you could count on him in this series and there's only one series left in the season, but I expect we'll see a lot of Nate Pearson against Baltimore as well. Yeah, we might as well. Like at this point you want to see Pearson and Merriweather. You want to see, you want to see those guys. There's they're, they're, they're a part of the future. It is what it is. And what we saw from Nate Pearson was much akin to what we saw from him last year in the playoffs. It was, mm-hmm. you know, he came in that second game against Tampa when they were down 37 to one or whatever it was. And he struck out everyone. He just looked electric and it was just amazing. That was it was super cool. And I mean, to go back and contradict the point we made about Charlie earlier, like, oh, geez, maybe if they had just pulled uh, Ray after the judge home run when it was three to two and Pearson came in and pitched like two and two thirds innings and struck out seven guys, they could have won. I mean, it's, 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 it's easy to allow yourself to imagine that shit, yeah. but I mean, it's never that simple at the end of the day. Like let's take a positive and Nate Pearson looking fantastic. I mean, it's been, a nightmare year for him. He's only pitched like 20 innings all year. That sucks. He was supposed to be the team's number two starter. But if you can have a series of good outings here at the end of the season, especially one in a situation like that, where the pressure is very high and you're being brought in to basically keep this must-win game alive and he thrives in that situation, that's great to see. I mean, it shows that it... It it shows better than what we saw earlier in the season when he came and faced Houston and looked very nervous and looked like he had the yips. And we were like, oh, geez, does this guy have the mindset to be a big league pitcher at all? And then, you know, he comes in in this situation and kills it. That's great. That start from Pearson in Houston feels like it was two years ago. That's how long <laughs> and up and down this season oh, has felt for not just Pearson, but the team as well. Another There's life. been so many highs and lows. Matt, oh, everybody. Insane. This has felt like the longest season of all time. And I think part of that has to do with last year being, what was it, like 50 games, 60 games? Yeah. 60 games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year being 60 games. And now this year just felt like, good God, this this season felt like three seasons. Yeah. Um, all right. That's three up, three down. Presented by Twig and Berries, twigandberries.ca. Free shipping in Canada if your order is over $75. Um, here's kind of the situation here. The Jays got help on the out-of-town scoreboard. Like we said, Baltimore somehow finds a way to take two out of the three from the Boston Red Sox. I do not know how that happened. Um, the Red Sox absolutely choked this one. They're frauds. 
Seattle sweeps Oakland. They're now tied with Boston. The Jays are one back. Yankees, they are safely in the wildcard lead. They're three games up on the Jays. The only way Toronto can catch them is if the Yankees get swept by Tampa and the Jays sweep the Orioles, which not a great chance of both of those happening. Right. Um, Boston's now going to go into Washington Washington. to play the Nationals. And Seattle's going to play the L.A. Angels, but the Angels are not going to start Shohei Otani in this series. He's done pitching for the year. So that's an unfortunate blow. Um, listen, they're not dead by any means here. Like the Jays can beat Baltimore three times. That is not an insane ask. I get that they are now the red hot Orioles taking two out of three, but Toronto's beaten the fucking wheels off the O's at times this year. What was that series? How many runs did they score in that three or four game set? Wasn't it in like the forties? It was insane. I think it was a hundred and ten. Had they scored hundred and ten against the Orioles this year? In a four game series, yeah, it was hundred and ten runs in those four games. Yeah. Okay. That's accurate. <laughs> Um, they can beat the Orioles. That's fine. Do you think there is a chance that both the Mariners and Red Sox drop one of their three games? I'm, I'm more nervous about the Mariners now than I am about the Red Sox. The Mariners have something going on. It doesn't make any sense. They're going to play Anaheim at home in Seattle and they haven't made the playoffs since what, 2001. Like this, this team's fucked. They're weird. It it doesn't make any sense. They have a chance to get in. Like they just have to sweep and they're pretty much in. I'm not that worried about the Red Sox because like, I don't even know if it's so much the Orioles are hot and doing an amazing job of playing spoiler more so than it is. The Red Sox are frauds and they fucking suck on the road. Like the Red Sox are 49 and 32 at Fenway. And then they're 40 and 38 on the road. We all know what's going on with the Red Sox. We don't have to say it. Like, I mean, let's be real here. Like Alex Cora comes back and suddenly this mediocre team is good. Come on. Like we all know what's going on. So thankfully for us, the Red Sox are going on the road, not only on the road, but to a fucking national league park. They're not going to have a D8. Like that's a pain in the ass. They have to navigate their way through a national league series against the Nationals. suck. Like they're terrible. But I mean, you still have like Juan Soto could go nuclear at the end here and they could again, lose two of three to the Nats like they did with the Orioles. But circling back, I'm more nervous about Seattle because the Angels are completely useless. They're just just yep. useless. And Otani's not even pitching. It's like, ugh, this team's bad. It's, it's, it's a lot more difficult to imagine Seattle losing a game here than it is Boston mm. losing one. I wouldn't be shocked if Boston lost two to the Nationals. Against teams above 500, the Angels are 37 and 61 this season, and exactly. the Nationals are 27 and 55. So they're bad, but on the year, they usually win one out of every three against teams that are, that are above 500, right? So there's that's your little bit need. of, that's, that's your little bit of optimism here. Uh, the Orioles are 30 and 75 against teams above 500. Are they red hot right now? Or did they get the last little bit of decent baseball they had in them out of the way against the Red Sox? And they are prime for an ass whooping against the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know. It's, you know what? If you'd have told me again, we talked about this last week or last episode. If you'd have told me beginning of the year, there is legitimately something to watch as the Jays come into their final series and they have a legitimate chance of making it. I would have taken it like we're still going to have meaningful baseball here for the final, hopefully all three games of the season. And can you imagine if things break right tonight and we get a Blue Jays Mm -hmm. win and a Red Sox and a Mariners loss and you're sitting there tied with two games to go against the Orioles and you in a way after tonight could control your own fate. Goosebumps thinking about it, Cam Lewis. Yeah, this is true. I mean, we need a miracle here. A minor miracle. It's not, yeah. this isn't, this isn't Mount Everest here. It's, it's very unlikely, but it's still possible. And I mean, that's nice. That's, that's good that we still have this. It would be 
it'd be unfortunate going into this last series against Baltimore with no hope at all. So let's hope things break right tonight and we can enjoy Saturday and Sunday. I just, I honestly, at my point, at this point for me, I just hope that they can still not be mathematically eliminated heading into Sunday. I want all three of these games to matter. That'd be fun. That'd be great, man. If we get a Sunday scenario where you're sitting down watching the Blue Jays and you got your eye on everything else that's happening, that'd be really exciting. Can you imagine like the Jays are beating the wheels off the Orioles on Sunday and you're tuned in to like a nail biting finish between the Angels and Mariners? That'd be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Here's what's coming up today, October 1st. It's October baseball, baby. The Jays are sending Steven Matz to the mound and the Orioles are going with Thomas Eshelman, who is 0-2 with a 7.20 ERA. His last start was against the Texas Rangers where he, or sorry, his last appearance because he was a reliever for that one. Um, I mean, the Orioles don't really have much. It's not even worth like talking about who they're starting because no. majority of the guys they're throwing out there are not good. Um, the Red Sox are going with Eduardo Rodriguez tonight. While the Nationals counter with Josh Rogers, who is two and one with a 2.73 ERA in 29 okay. innings pitched. So okay. respectable numbers there. Seattle, LA, that goes tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern. It is Jose Suarez going for the LA Angels. He is seven and eight with a 3.86 ERA going up against Marco Gonzalez, who is 10 and five with an even 4.0 ERA. The starting pitching matchups favor Toronto, Washington, and LA today. Just saying. Uh, uh, yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. You're right. Okay. Well, they do. Optimistic. Um, yes. 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 Saturday, the Jays are actually somewhat in tough because it's Manoa going up against John Means. Manoa's um, better than John Means. Manoa's better Manoa's than John Means, man. but but Means is the only respectable name in that Orioles rotation. He's the only name that any <laughs> That as well. Uh, Saturday, four o'clock Eastern. Josiah Gray is going for the Washington Nationals, and uh, we don't know who's going for the Boston Red Sox. Still TBD on MLB.com. For the Mariners and Angels, it is Chris Flexen going for Seattle, and Jonathan Diaz, who's 1-0 with a 3.12 ERA going for the Angels. And then that will bring us to Sunday, where the Blue Jays are sending out... What time do they play on Sunday? Yeah, it's going to be it's Ryu. Everyone's at, everyone's at 3 p.m. on Sunday, everyone. Everyone is? Okay. Everyone's at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Ryu versus Zimmerman. TBD versus TBD in Sox Nats. I would imagine they're going Chris Sale on Sunday if it means Yeah, he's going to be in one of those two games for sure. Um, and then the finale of Seattle LA is uh, Anderson going for Seattle and TBD going for the Angels. Maybe if Toronto pays the Angels enough money, they will change their mind on the Otani thing. Yeah, that'd be great. That's, Can you imagine if the Angels at the last second, Madden comes out and he's like, I know I said Otani's done for the year pitching, but fuck the Mariners. And they start. And, and Mike Trout comes back for, from injury randomly. They activate him on Sunday. <laughs> That's you a huge know. game. Goes nuclear. Jays, Jays make the playoffs. Yay. If we do a podcast and they're going into the wildcard game, I will be thrilled, Coomzy. If you had to put a percentage chance on our next podcast being a playoff preview or a game 163 preview, what, what's the percentage chance in your opinion that this thing happens? 10. 10%? Yeah. I'd say that's their playoff odds right now. That's that's pretty reasonable. 10%. What does baseball reference has them at um, 17.9, which seems yeah. optimistic. I was going to say, I'd have them closer to 20. I think, you know, 60% chance they sweep the Orioles. 60, 60, 70%, somewhere in there. And whatever chance there is that uh, the Red Sox and Mariners both don't sweep their final series, 
It's going to be a ton of fun, though. There's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. This is going to be a great final weekend of baseball. Our Up Next preview is brought to you by the Sports Closet. Check them out, sportscloset.ca. Gear up for the final stretch here, or maybe you're a hockey fan as well. I was just looking at their website the other day, and they have a ton of great deals on uh, some hockey stuff. 40% off select NHL jerseys. Head over to their site, sportscloset.ca. They'll ship to you as well. Uh, Coombsy, you enjoy this series, my man. This is going to be, it's going to be fun. Enjoy this one and enjoy the Nats, Red Sox, Angels, Mariners too. It's playoff like baseball for three more days. And then hopefully the Jays get actual playoff baseball after that. Uh, this has been Blue Jays Nation Radio presented by DoorDash. Use the promo code BJNPODDD. Gets first time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. Giddy up, Coombsy. October baseball. Happy to be a part of it. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.